detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Our New Year's Eve episode. So welcome to 2020. It's just Jared and me this time around. We, we are covering a specific New Year's movie. New Year's Evil, Jared. Mm. And this was your call. Was it? I'm getting it straight out of the table. Uh, your call. Yeah, I've got to take From this one. From the start. Well, I mean, why wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. New Year's Eve episode, New Year's Evil. Well, we felt... Look, <laughs> see what they did with that? Yeah. <laughs> very, very catchy title. Yeah. So we were sort of pulled in. That peaks a, that peaks a dullard like me. That, that peaks my interest straight away. Exactly. Now, we'll also be doing something else. Through the magic of podcasting, we may have another... You know, we may go to a break and then come back after we've covered the film. We may have a third in the room. But we're actually going to do the five best and worst films of 2019 um, from us personally. So that very will be a very interesting uh, discussion, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Before we get into it, you have seen a few things. I've seen nothing. You since sure? Since we last covered Let's not go into Didn't that. mention anything. Oh, look, I may have watched a movie about dogs on <laughs> fucking Disney+. Plus. Let's leave it there. Okay. It was a good film. Right. Good film. Was but it? it was not an action or horror film. Right. So I have seen nothing else. Okay. What about you? I have seen quite a handful. I watched The Nightingale, which oh. was Jennifer Kent's second movie. Untidy. Look, there's some stuff that goes on that's quite horrific throughout the movie. But really good movie. Was it really difficult to watch? Yes. Wasn't because it was overly graphic in, in particular circumstances. It was just difficult subject matter and a couple of things that they do to people are just fucking inhuman, basically. But really good. And obviously, you know, being in Australia, it's very close to stuff that we've grown up with to do with how, you know, the people were treating Indigenous people in the movie and... Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I thought it was fantastic. It was really, uh, obviously, quite a affecting sort of experience. It's, mm. it's not not an easy watch, but really good movie. And so yeah, backing backing up on the Barbadook with this one, she's obviously one of uh, one of the one bigger to talents to to watch for Australian Cinema. films, I guess. Staying with some Australian stuff, I, I got around to watching the um, miniseries version of Waking Fright. Oh yeah. Oh, that one? was yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, it extends the story a whole lot to what was in the movie, and I believe what was in the book. I haven't read the book, but I think the the movie stuck pretty close to that. Obviously, the movie was it was a really strong experience. It was a kind of obviously a shorter thing. This one sort of stretches a few things out a bit more and has a few few lulls that the movie probably didn't have. And then obviously you've got someone like Donald Pleasance showing up in the movie is a pretty strong sort of uh, actor to have in a, in a little piece like that. It probably doesn't quite match up. And, and where it goes, it changes a couple of the the characters' arcs and endings quite significantly. Right. But, yeah, if you liked the old one or you hadn't seen it and you want to watch this first and then check out the old one, I'd probably recommend you do it. While I was watching it, though, I couldn't help but think, Alex Dimitriades... Why did he never get a crack at bigger things? Because the bloke is just he's yeah, a great actor. He's an excellent actor. And he's done a lot of really good work in Australia. He has. Maybe he just... Tell, um, he, he plays the Pleasance role in this one. He was in... Um, no, he was in um, Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo. <laughs> so, you know, 
Again, why didn't he get a shot? In better films? <laughs> Look, Dimitriades, maybe it just. He's solid it? as a rock. He's maybe just, it was just about timing. Yeah. He yeah, didn't quite probably. get the opportunities he needed, but he always has worked. And yeah, I think yeah. that's a really good mark of any good actor, yep. is you constantly get work. Yep. Going away from the Australian content a little bit, uh, probably dipping slightly in quality as well. Uh, Escape Plan Three. Oh, <laughs> what it. was this like? <laughs> Pretty ordinary. Um, <laughs> Devin Sawa was, was the heavy. Is Stallone in it much? He's he's in it more than two, but not. He 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 requires other people in the team, basically, so he doesn't spend as much time on screen, but. In this one, they kind of make a wise move and they get one of the blokes that was in the Ip Man series to be uh, one of the guys in the crew. Yeah. They get a bit, little bit more Batista as well. So they kind of break off and have their own fights and things like that, which which works to an extent. It works for the the kind of standalone action fight scenes. and But in terms of the story, it just kind of just branches off to random people for... 10, 15 minutes at a time. Right. So Stallone's just, you know, he's just punching the card. <laughs> just doing the usual. <laughs> 50 cent? Uh, still like a 50, cent, 50 cent's turning up for a day or two. And All right, so he's computer. not in it much either? But in it for, you know, he just he just mans the fort and stays on the computers and shows up every now and then in a yeah. shot saying, uh, hey, got some info for you or whatever. But it, look, it's okay. It's an okay little action fair. It kind of strays away from the previous two were... The, like the high tech prison that had to be broken. Yeah. This one's not that at all. It's kind of just. So why is it called like a, just a rescue? Plan. Well, it's just kind of a rescue mission in oh. a similar situation. But mm, okay. Yeah. Devin Sawa is a heavy. Yeah. <laughs> why are you grinning? <laughs> no reason. But no I guess reason. the thing about he's it had is a one-two that... punch of Escape Plan Three and the Fanatic. Yeah, look, recently he's had a rough time. Well, it's probably not as bad as Travolta's one-two. <laughs> I saw that there was there was a couple of worst movies of the year lists that had both the Fanatic and Trading Paint on there. Did they? So, yeah. One of one of them didn't even have the Fanatic in it, and I was like, "What? Yeah. How is that possible? You've lost your credibility there." But yeah, I guess with this with Escape Plan, if um you were thinking about watching it, Don't. what I've just said is not going to sway you from it. <laughs> because you probably know that that's what was coming anyway. So, much like myself, I looked, I picked it, I picked it up and thought, oh, this probably isn't going to be very good. Probably a you know five out of ten at best. Uh, but I might get a few punch ups and a bit of Batista throwing a few lines in there. So, yeah. so you got what you, you paid what for. What I expected. Yeah, nothing more. Okay, what else? I actually went back and watched the Batman Dead End fan film. Oh yeah. And started watching a doco that the Is bloke that on had put on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I started putting it. I put it, the bloke put it put together a doco on YouTube too. It was interesting because he'd actually had a hefty background in um, like the reason that the film looks quite good, and uh, is because he had a background with like Stan Winston Productions. And oh really? He had a special effects background and sculpted action figures and all sorts of like he had a background and was a very talented special effects artist uh, which which shows uh, it all came about because my son found a few of the the old Predators figures that I had and he found the Big Red which is very kind of distinct in those Predator designs and he's like what's this and so I was like oh it's just this little movie that some bloke some random bloke made how is the movie um, how long is it 
only goes for about eight minutes. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like a, I don't know, fan films to that point hadn't really been like that. Mm. Like this one, uh, obviously it's got its shortcomings, but you look at it and you're like, wow, it's very cinematic. And then they introduce aliens and predators and you're like, holy shit, they look like alien aliens and predators. Yeah. And I believe some of it was that he had access to the actual costumes and stuff. Oh, really? So it actually looks really, really good. But the Big Red was like a original design. And so, yeah, the fact that this Big Red ended up with an action figure, everyone was like, far out. How did that happen? Because it was only ever in this fan film. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting to go back down that little... little uh, Rabbit hole? Rabbit hole again, and I'm sure there'll be a few more fan films that come out of that to, to watch over the few next few weeks. Kept up with The Mandalorian. Yep. Up to the first half of the finale, which was pretty good. A couple of episodes preceding that were not all that well received. Yep. I quite enjoyed him. Overall, the series mostly has been really good. So, big fan of Gina Carano. I mean, oh, she I've in seen it. some. Yeah, I've seen some of it. Like, I I really liked Haywire. I didn't. There was parts of it that I didn't like, but the, her fight scenes in there were phenomenal. And she's yeah, she brings a bit of that to to this series as I well. Gets her a few punch ups and things like that. So. Nick Nolte's in it. As Nick well, Nolte's well, it's basically his voice because huh. his head is just like a. I don't know how. I think it's just. I don't know whether it's another actor or what, or whether it's bloody some CGI work. I'm assuming there's a bit of CGI work in there, but mm. it's mainly his voice. But, yeah, Is if you haven't checked that out, uh, check it out. What's the name of that um, documentary film, mate? Werner Herzog? Is yeah, Werner Herzog? Herzog's in there. Yeah. And he's quite effective. Yeah. That kind of delivery that he's got, if yeah. you've heard him speak in some of his movies and stuff before, it's yeah, it's quite effective for the, for the role. Yeah. Sticking on the Star Wars, I did see Rise of the Skywalker. Yep. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. It's it was okay. I was I didn't come out disappointed. I enjoyed the experience. Bunch of stuff that was rushed, characters that were underused, um, scenes that were just. I mean, I don't know the Kylo Ren stuff and the Ray stuff. I felt was still pretty good. Finn just not quite used all that much. Some fucking goalie gook about you know how things are happening again and um. But yeah, I don't know. I my personal feeling is that how much you liked The Last Jedi will have a big impact on how much you liked this because they try to they try to roll back a couple of things and try to try to appease the people that were pissed off with The Last Jedi which for me is an issue because I thought The Last Jedi was good and I thought the fact that they did different things was probably one of the best things about it well yeah why are we why are we rolling things back when I believe The Last Jedi had 91% Rotten well this is I mean this is the well the critics loved it but the fans for some reason hated it and I don't know why. I don't get. I mean, I, I I get certain things happened, but you know, you it's fucking. I mean, as we stand, it's forty two years since the first Star Wars movie, so things are going to change. Yeah. And I guess to me, this is the prime example. Everyone pissed and moaned about what the Last Jedi did wrong, and this is how we wanted it. So JJ Abrams tries to do that, and everyone's fucking annoyed with it. So yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I don't want to get into it. Is too it time much, to take a bit of a breather? Well, they're going to do that. Step back. But now, the Rachel. funny thing, the thing that really makes me Because I read an article that said Disney didn't know what they were doing. No, well, that's what it seemed like. They didn't actually know where they were going to end it. They, they didn't know where didn't... they were going to end it. Which I don't think is necessarily a huge problem if you've got some ideas of where you're going to go with and you haven't made the final decisions until yeah, you yeah. get there. But, I mean, this is what makes me laugh again. People were complaining that, oh, you didn't lose... You didn't use George Lucas's ideas. I mean, I... Like, 
going back to the prequels is just an experience that is fucking fill, fills me with a sense of dread because they're fucking so boring yeah. and they're dealing with all the bloody this trade federation politics and like that's not who wants that to be the Star Wars <laughs> I mean but now everyone's forgetting that everyone like we were looking at the prequels going gee that was really tough that was a shit experience but then when Last Jedi changes things up or you didn't like what happened in Rise of the Skywalker there was legitimately people complaining oh you didn't you, you didn't use Lucas's ideas how dare you Disney well shit I mean for, by my reckoning the strike rate out of the new new movies is probably 50% yeah I liked but also I liked Lucas Force had handed the I keys liked over. Last Jedi I liked Rogue One Solo was a bit of a drop off this one Trouble. Bit of a drop off, so I'm, I'm sticking you probably two and a half films out of the but out of the five. Lucas was he'd handed the keys over. Exactly. It was time exactly to go away from his ideas. Yeah. E.g., that's why he sold them. Well, we I, he sold the properties. I don't quote so do me on this, but I think there was an expansion on the idea of midichlorians and things like that. Oh, that's that's not a, that's not an improvement. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but maybe it's just I came out of it saying, yeah, yeah, they tied up some stuff. There was things about the new trilogy that I really loved. There was stuff that I didn't like so much. I'm content and I'll yep. move on. Yep, agreed. Totally I mean, agreed. Maybe we've got a different perspective being horror fans that we've sat through that many shit sequels. <laughs> really, I mean, we took how long to get a good Halloween movie? Bloody hell, it's been 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there's a different perspective there, but yeah. I'm just more in the camp of... I come out of that cinema experience. If it's not going to change my life, hey, it was still pretty fun, and I got to experience a Star Wars movie with my kids. Yeah. When I was the kid the first time around, yeah. that's a good thing. And I move on thinking, yeah, I'm excited to, you know, happy to wait a couple of years. But if there's another one, I'll be back. Of course. I'm okay. not going to get on the internet and fucking spend my days raging about it and carrying <laughs> on and signing petitions to remake the series. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I watched The Perfection on Netflix. Yep. Uh, interesting little movie. A bit untidy in certain aspects again. Um, a little bit weird. Uh, don't, don't let it scare you off, but down the stretch, there was something that reminded me very much of Boxing Helena, and I laughed a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> that scared you off, didn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Boxing Elaine is not exactly a, a high watermark, so I'm not exactly going, well, shit, I better check this out. Look, I probably will check that one out. It's, it's got two very, what, Boxing Elaine? Yeah, you should check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I can find Boxing Elaine, I'll be checking it out. That's my prize probably, I'm not sure. Look, it's got two really strong leads. It's got the girl from Get Out yeah. and... Another another girl that I'm not all that familiar with, but they were both really good. Interesting idea in that it sort of twists what ha- like it starts out one way and then twists and then you you don't really get comfortable in know in thinking you know what's going on. Yeah, but yeah, it didn't didn't knock knock it out of the park. I didn't think, but it was yeah interesting little experience. And the last time I watched was uh, Six Underground. <laughs> Got a little bit to go, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, the last half hour would have to be the greatest piece of cinema in history to drag it to a two-star, I reckon. It is <laughs> not. It is a tell piece of shit. I don't know what... I don't know. Like, it's just... As I said to you, it's kind of... It's just overlong, overindulgent, loud, 
blowing things up. Some nice little stunts, as you can expect from Michael Bay stuff, but it just makes you feel nothing the entire run. I just felt nothing. Yeah. Because like yeah, the characters are just, they're one-dimensional. Ryan Reynolds is even annoying. Like, Yeah. He was just, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't get any sense of entertainment out of the whole thing, which is... <laughs> Unfortunate. And. Because <laughs> it goes for two hours and ten minutes. Is so. it just me or the first half an hour goes back and forth and back and forth and tries to. Yeah, yeah. And it's just such a jumble yeah, of yeah. trying to sort of fill us in on where it's in this cool way. Yeah. It just. It's a fucking mess. It as is. I said. It's a mess. Who wrote this? And right. who thought this is a $150 million movie? Based on that, unless the script was totally different and it just got bayified, which is possible. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. But but the characters seemed to have no decent dialogue. There was no connections. Um, There was no difference between like no one was different other than you're the hitman, you're the money man, you're the nurse. Aside from that, they were all the fucking same. Yeah, but the nurse acted the same. The nurse was barely fucking in it. It was just yeah, I don't know. It It was so. It's a tough watch. It is. It's a tough watch. It, it is. I mean, it is a smouldering wreck. <laughs> it's like one of the cars that Bay has recently blown up. But this is, I, I mean, this is, as I said to you, I, I watched I watched a John Wick movie. Someone gets shot. John Wick shoots someone and then they die. And I, I, I see them just kind of fall on the ground and that's the end of them. In this one, people are getting shot. It goes to slow-mo, close-up of the bullet coming out. Then we spend another 15 seconds on showing him slow motion fall to the ground and hit his head on a sink. And, like, this isn't this isn't cool. This isn't interesting. Like, I just, I don't know. I mean, John Wick is kind of what, for three movies, it's been kind of what we were begging for out of action. Isn't this... Just isn't easy to watch, not this quick chopping shit for the sake of it. Is it just proves that Bay hasn't moved with the times because I know you've got to have a style, right? And he's got a very unique style. Mm. But John Wick is the gold standard at the moment. Yeah. So aren't you looking at that? But going, it's not even maybe moving I should... with the times. Like I understand that you know that maybe have, just the John tweak, Wick thing is that you tweak know, the your whole, style a bit. Maybe the John Wick is the whole you know heavily choreographed. It's got those influences from martial arts films. Um, even the martial arts films have moved on a little bit. Things like the Raid and um, the Night Comes for Us. Like they're they're more violent and their the impact of the fights is kind of it's more frenetic and things like that. And there's not one person coming at you. There's more, but. Bay just, I don't know, everything's just so overdone. I mean, there's only so many times we can see a car hit another car and think, ooh, that's exciting. Like, that that opening sequence goes for like 20 minutes of car chase and it is the most, I mean, I don't know, what, I don't know how I would, would uh, there's probably a number of ways I could describe the exact opposite of exhilaration, but that's what I was feeling the yeah. whole time. I'm just like, can we just get on with it because nothing is happening between the characters the car chase is so overdone and overblown that it's just like I just don't want to watch it anymore like I don't know what he's and it's the thing the guy actually knew how to stretch an action scene to its you know get a ton out of a decent action scene that went for five minutes but as I said um, to back you back in the day with car the rock and bad boys and, yeah. and Armageddon but those things also had 
I mean, The Rock, for one, had some great interactions between Connery and Cage. Yeah. It had time with these characters. It had um, Bad Boys, had the comedy and the humour to it, and had a decent little story for an yeah. action movie. This just, like I said to you, in that car chase, chase, it was the cuts and stuff were coming so quickly, you couldn't even tell who was sitting where inside the car at times. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Like, it's so. It, it, it just. Um, and I feel like the impact of a car. There was one time in that in that chase where a car goes over another one and it, it splits in half. Hmm. And I'm like, that looked cool, but it would have been so much better if I hadn't seen three to four similar cars ramping off over another car before that happened. Mm. Like by the time we got to that, I'm just like, yeah, that looked good, but fuck, I'm sick of this car chase. Mm. And the whole movie is just... The whole time, I was just like, I, 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 I want to stop watching this. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't usually stop movies. I kind of just finish them. And if you look closely at it, it's really just three or four action scenes. Yeah. Stitched together with this ridiculous with fucking of- plot about him keeping continuing to say, oh, you know, we're mired in red tape in real life, so well, we killed ourselves. So, They're still saying... The plot is so down the line. But there's this guy's in. here. This guy's here. Let's go and get him. But he says at the start, we, we faked our own death so we could move sort of, you know, freely in the world. That's all you needed. But yeah. an hour later, he is still spouting this crap about he tries to make life it so has much, so much red tape. And he we tries skip. to make it so much Shut deeper. Shut the fuck up and get on with it. Yeah, he tries to make it so much deeper than that. He tries but it's to not get, deep keeps, at all. He keeps trying to say, death brings freedom. And isn't it great when you when you die, when you're still alive? And lines like this, and I'm like, oh, just get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> when's he, when's he going to realise, too, that 90 minutes... 100 max. 90 minutes, Michael. When I saw, when I started this and saw 210, I just went, oh, fuck. But this is a thing. I was kind of hoping that it's going to be exciting and it'll hold me, but after that first 20 minutes, I was like, the rest of it is going to be such a drag. Okay. Armageddon, for instance. Now, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. So don't quote me on it. I enjoy Armageddon, though. Yeah. It's two hours 10. Yeah. Right? But you spend probably about an hour... Getting to know characters. Yeah. They're not greatly fleshed out, the but they're same. played by actors humor. that we all know. Yeah. Likeable actors. Likeable actors. Bit of comedy. And so what happens is there's a bit of comedy, a little bit of banter between them. We bring all that up to speed, and then we put them in peril. Yeah. Right? And you actually give a shit. Yeah. Right? I didn't give a shit about anything in this one. This movie starts with these dickheads doing their first ever job and then tries to backtrack and yeah. explain who they are, giving us two-minute intervals about who they are. And I mean, surely you can make something interesting out of why someone decided to fake their death. And that whole ridiculous thing about... And I, at first I didn't even realise it was a flashback that um, they dropped sarin gas or whatever in yeah. a, a, a village. Yeah, yeah. And that, had, that was the reason why Reynolds had done what he'd done. Yeah. And I'm like, the look on his face during that scene... Basically says to me, I don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. Well, the thing... And they're trying to say, oh, it was that emotional resonance. That's what... Obviously, Reynolds is is there to bring the humour, but it's not anywhere near on the level of something like Bad Boys or or Armageddon. And I don't know how you can make a story about seven people who have faked their own death 
and have none of them. I mean, you've got seven different reasons why these people decided to do this, and none of them are interesting. Yeah. None of them. Like, yeah. if, if you base that around these seven characters that have, I mean, that's an interesting thing. Why have these seven people, why have seven people decided it's better to fake your death than, you know, stick with it? So they've got to have different things in their backgrounds. They've got to have different... And it just provides nothing to the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very tough watch. Tough I mean, there'll be people out there who'll enjoy it, I'm sure. But I've kind of grown tired... I've grown tired of his style. Yeah. um, And he needs to either breathe some fresh life into what he's delivering... Yeah. ...or pick projects that fit that. I mean, we were talking about... Previously, we were talking about, you know... Um, when when when's it time to wrap up the John Wick series and things like that? And I'm just sitting here going, don't don't wrap it up because yeah. this is the alternative. I, when we were looking at our at our um, lists of our good and bad movies for the year, I was just sitting there going, holy shit! It has been a shocking year for yeah. action movies. Well, shocking. I'm, I'm going to give a small nugget to you know to keep people on the hook here, but I reckon it's been a pretty bad year in general. Because when I looked at my best five, yeah. there's no blue chippers in there. So, look, we had differing standards, but I think the general consensus on, you know, I look at websites like Bloody Disgusting and things like yeah, that. Yeah. The general consensus, and my feeling was similar, is that it was another pretty good year for horror. Yeah, no, horror but was a solid action? middling year. Whew. Yeah, action. Jeez. Oh, I don't I think I would say there's... good year. I wouldn't even say middling. I'd say, I'd say good year for horror. A lot of horror. I guess there was but a lot of horror in season. Action? Absolute shocking. Yeah. I mean, I looked at, I looked at uh, Rotten Tomatoes put together their, you know, their top 20s and things like that. The horror one started with, like, I think there was 30-odd movies on there. They started in the 60s. Yeah. Or 50, like high 50s yeah. and 60s and worked their way up, and the top ones were in the 90s, obviously. Yeah. Actions. Actions. Things like Angel Has Fallen were making the top list with 30%. Jesus Christ. And that's that's what we're getting at the Prick moment. Prick of a year. Yeah, Prick of a year. Absolutely shocking. And this is, why, this is why I loved, you know, um, me and Gibbo had a kind of differing stance early on, which I think he softened on a little bit, was that I loved about John Wick 2 was that they expanded the Continental and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And then the third one does it even more. So you could make spin-offs. And I'm not saying I want that. But I would much rather watch a spin-off of a, I don't know, a Cassian or someone from John Wick yeah. than I would watch another Michael Bay film. No. Bay needs to shut down well, and retool. I would watch the Bay film, but I wouldn't enjoy it. I'd watch it. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'd suffer through it, then I'd piss and moan well, for look, two weeks Honestly, afterwards. I was no chance of watching Six Underground. I remember watching the trailer and thinking, not, not on your life. Well, and then within the day of it dropping, I was <laughs> no. straight on there. See, that's what you always say that. You always say, you always say, I'm not watching that. I've come to a realization that I've got to watch it. Yeah. I'm not going to like it. Put it in the bloody bank. I'm going to take it. I don't have to like it. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, Jared. Let's get into 1981's New Year's Evil. night they were celebrating New Year's Eve. He was out, ending their life. I'm going to commit murder at midnight. 
New Year's Evil. Sorry, I think it was made in 1980. Sorry, I, I, I got a little bit confused. Something said 1981. Another said it was shot in 1980. Couldn't quite get 100% details. Mm-hmm. Directed by Emmett Alston, who directed Nine Deaths of the Ninja and Force of the Ninja. <laughs> Don't know what they are. They sound great, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was written by uh, Alston and a guy by the name of Leonard Neubauer. They gave us something called Black Snake. And it was produced by the Cannon Fellas, the Go Go Boys, yeah, Globus and Golan. Um, it stars Ros Kelly as Diane Sullivan, Kip Niven as Richard Sullivan, and Chris Wallace as Lieutenant Clayton. I couldn't find any information about budget or box office. I even dusted off some of my slasher movie books <laughs> to see if I could find anything. Mm. Now, while Golan and Globus was accredited as the producers and Billy Fine as the executive producer, it was really Christopher Pierce who handled the bulk of the production duties. Good on you, Chris. Well done. Handled is a... <laughs> <laughs> it's, a it's a word. Yeah. But, yes. It's in the dictionary. All right, Jared. What do you got for me on this one? She's a stinker. <laughs> it was It was shocking. It was. A, it's a really bad movie. It fumbles the whole. I mean, it goes down the slasher route or starts to, but then it fumbles it all by showing us sort of large details very early on, and then we spend a lot of time away from our final girl, I guess we would call her, just randomly roaming with the killer, and um, not a scrap of. Not a scrap of tension or stakes. <laughs> None to be found anywhere. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I hesitate to give it one star. It was a half a star. You fucking paid. I am. I'm paid. <laughs> it's my fault. Self-inflicted. What do you give it? I give it a... I was going to go for a one, but I think I dropped it down to a half. It was a... All right. She was a tough one, yeah. Oof. Yeah, look. It was a slog... My assumption is it was considered a slasher, right? Hmm. Everything I've was seen on Hallmarks, it, it's a slasher film. It's considered a slasher film. Yeah. But it, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like an episode of Columbo. <laughs> yeah, where, 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 where the opens with a murder and we see who did it and then Columbo comes along and works it out. 
So we, there's no tension. So it feels like an episode of Columbo, but instead of hanging around to wait for Columbo, we wander off with a killer and <laughs> follow their shenanigans for a while. It has no idea about the tropes of a slasher film yeah. or generating what you'd call cheap thrills, which was, you know, your, your slasher movie staple was, trade. was cheap thrills. Yeah. And there is no gore, which, you know, you toss a bit of that in, wouldn't you? So yeah, I'm not really sure what they were doing. And I think this comes back to what you were saying during the, while we were watching it, that the canon mm. people <laughs> seem to have no concept of, like, film genres yeah, yeah. and how they work. So we're going for a slasher. Here's the tropes. Here's the boxes. <laughs> have we ticked any of them? <laughs> and immediately the director goes, oh, <laughs> I didn't know you wanted any of that. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have posed it to you with, were Canon actually trying to make good movies? Or yeah. <laughs> Look, Canon were known for cheap, quick, and make some money. Yeah. So, ultimately... But, I mean, shit. Halloween was quick and cheap. Yeah, exactly. And it made a shitload Just of money. Just a bloke behind the camera who had some idea about what he was looking for. Exactly. <laughs> Canon seemed to just... <laughs> Bumped into people in the office and said, um, I do you want to direct, direct the movie? <laughs> Look, I told you about slashes. Uh, no, that's no, okay. Neither yeah. do we. <laughs> it's one out of five. Yeah. For me. It's a tough gig coming up with likes and dislikes, and a lot of them for me, likes they definitely cross over. were a laugh. Yes. And I'm coming straight out with her, the, the, the main woman, Blaze. Her offsider, as we open the movie up, his yeah. name's Ernie. Yep. At one point, he is standing there. We get a full head-to-toe shot, and he is cracking like slacks, jacket, t-shirt. Is it a turtleneck or something? <laughs> or turtleneck. And he's got his hands on his hips and his legs sort of. Yeah, he's, he's turning the toe. His feet in a ballet pose. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a cross between like Don Johnson in Miami Vice and John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. I was thinking lower red. I've got a bit of an early Ernie Sigley vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magnificent look. Oh, it is so magnificent. I, mean, I wish I could, when I stand in you know somebody's doorway, I wish I could look like that. Exactly. Uh, so, but, honestly, the movie's off the flyer for me. Uh, yeah, you were, yeah. <laughs> I was you in were, hysterics. You were enjoying it more than I was at that stage. <laughs> the only sequence where I think they kind of got like, a bit of choreography right to get a little bit of a scare was when her friend, who I was calling lactose-free Pam Greer, <laughs> she, <laughs> she goes into her bathroom, she's wandering around, and then the killer comes out from behind the bar, the shower curtain yep. and then flicks out the knife. I at least felt, yeah, okay, that was all, that was okay mm-hmm. in terms of what you were going for in yep. a slasher part because you couldn't see who it was. Yes. And they did it quickly. It generated a little bit of a jolt, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, one, I mean, issue, one issue I did have is when he flicked the knife, I thought, gee, this is going to take a while. It's, it's, it's like carving a ham. <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas ham, mate. He would have been there forever. It was going to be like Will Ferrell in Austin Powers. <laughs> I thought we were just going to get a shot from the other side of the curtain and just keep hearing, help me, I'm, you've stabbed me very badly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an okay scene. And I think deep down, the filmmakers probably went, shit, how did we get that in there? Yeah, see, I didn't even, uh, I mean, when it happened, I was like, okay, sort of, that was the one time I was like, a bit of standard slash affair, that was okay. Yeah. 
but it wasn't sort of standout. No. But then when the rest of the picture came along, <laughs> it did stand out. <laughs> you were harking back to those good old days yeah. of that in the oh, shower. Oh, yeah, the good times from in the first <laughs> We go back a long picture, way. <laughs> the first five minutes of the picture where it looked like they might have known what they were doing. Ah, oh, my favourite bit. Our killer tends to wander the streets and change up his, his look. Yeah. And he and goes no. to his second kill... With earwax on a moustache that looked like it was scraped off the road. <laughs> yeah, but we get, yeah. You know, thankfully, we get we get shown him applying it with the, a bit of glue and whatnot, and uh, taking the time to press it on there, which is absolutely necessary. I felt. But uh, any, any, you said a while back. Any, any any sense of scare coming off this bloke? was immediately quashed for the rest of the picture. He looked like a gigolo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought once he, once he walked in with the moustache applied, I thought he should have been rolling the arm over in the World Series you know, <laughs> against the West Indies. And, you know, uh, off 15, 15 yeah, steps. Or something like that. And he, looked fresh out of, he looked fresh out of the World Series in the 1980s. But, but many, a few episodes back, Jared, you said that you didn't want to see the Punisher making rent. <laughs> like, you, there was no need yeah. to see the Punisher making rent. Yep. So this must have shit you into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Watching this clown yeah. go about his day-to-day business. Well, the Punisher's someone I want to spend time with. So if I don't want to see the Punisher making rent, I definitely don't want to see this cut-rate slasher um, you know, applying his special effects skills. Like, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> he looked great. Good for a laugh. Yeah. It was very good for a laugh. See, things fell off for a while. I didn't know. I think the moustache was going to fall off. <laughs> we were begging for a scene with the moustache. Especially that scene where he was saying, where the chick says, oh, I want to bring my housemate along. And he, he was saying, yeah, you can't be too careful. We were just hoping it was going <laughs> to... Yeah, there's all sorts of weird things floating around. into a car with him this time. <laughs> Uh, sorry, what's happening in Mustache? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Things went a little bit quiet for a while, but then there's a sequence involving the two of the drunkest men alive wandering yeah. out of a party in classic Hollywood drug style. Yeah. And party hats on, streamers over their silly-looking suits. Yeah. Their fucking Stumbling. Oh, blowing party whistles and stuff. And they're, they're, thankfully, you know, they, they, they weren't close enough to hear any dialogue other than the sound of just like them going, hey, 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 hey. You know, when they nearly get hit by the car, the volume just raises and they start remonstrating. They start remonstrating about it. One of them carrying a brown paper bag. <laughs> Always good. Always a good look. Yeah. Um, so that got a... That, that, that at least it's some chuckles. Yeah, yeah. And my the only other scene that I felt, you know, what in any other person's hands, <laughs> this could have been all right, was that he tidies the final girl with a chain to the bottom of an elevator. Yes. And then sent it to the top and then sent it back down. Yep. So I'm thinking this is a really nasty, cool way, you know, like... Imagine being in that situation and knowing that you, the bloody thing's coming down and you're, the ground's rushing up towards you. It would have been a really cool kind of... It could have been really tense, but it just fell off. <laughs> it fell off. It did. He hung her up there. 
And that was it. But especially when we went into the uh, into the elevator with the two customers that had gotten into the <laughs> elevator since they'd vacated. That really kind of rung the, rung the tension out of it as Why well. Why does look like a wrestler? <laughs> you know, a little bit like, they had a bit of a junkyard dog vibe going on there. Did you have anything else? Because I, I had, had nothing. I had a bunch more likes. They were dislikes, but, but they were the ones that I laughed at. Yeah. I feel like the phone, the conversations <laughs> on the phone were unbelievably <laughs> poor. But every time they were going on, I was laughing so hard. I thought they were just hilarious. To put you in the frame, he's using one of those vocoder-style yeah. voice modulators. Yeah. So it's a 1980, so obviously it's not the top-notch technology. But he's got it's got like a little pipe yeah. that goes into your he's mouth. He's jamming the pipe into his gold. And he's there going, my name is evil. <laughs> and he fucking sounds like he's lines. using one of those bloody... Things that you use when you had your bloody voice box, yeah, yeah, cancer yeah. of the throat. And he started, I mean, the dialogue was absolute disgrace. He was sitting there, as you said, he's saying lines like, you know, call me evil. My favourite was, I am going to commit murder. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ. And my favourite. Again, bad decision, number one, to use the voice thing, if that's what it sounds like. Number two, to show his face while he's doing it all, because he's got to stick the thing in his face. <laughs> Again, any scares, that were, any scares that were going to be had from this bloke were just gone, because we were just laughing. The funniest the thing about it, too, is he goes, he rings her up and he goes, my name is Evil. And she goes, ah? Uh-huh. And he goes, he goes, my name is Evil. Oh, you're amazing. He gets fired like, what up. What the fuck, mate? Yeah. And Seriously. then, of course, on top of that, we got the You detective. missed the mark. If she didn't get it the first time, you just got to plunge further into your story. Yeah, and we've got the, uh, on top of that, we've got the detective who's pulling out lines like, oh, he's, um, Using some sort of uh, voice processor. And we're sitting there going, yeah, thanks, mate. We figured that out three phone calls ago. Because if, if it's not some person using a voice processor, it's freaking Dexter from Perfect Match or some some other cyborg fucking... You have a 40% chance of getting killed. Like... <laughs> Oh, God, it was um, bad. It was fucking ridiculous, when, <laughs> too, when the copper goes, he rocks up on the scene yep. after evil has threatened her. Yeah. Fuck, why am I calling him evil? Evil. Because <laughs> <laughs> my name is evil. <laughs> <laughs> we, as a, yeah, we were also expecting him to go, my name is evil, and then break into a bit of, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa,
that did turn up to the show, look, perhaps he had a point. She wouldn't have a body go into a fucking love song. Yeah. <laughs> They're all kind of randomly, slowly going yeah. back and forth like this. They like, showed up at the mind. door and... Well, I can't even... What did I say they looked like? I'll say they were like bloody Hot Topic... <laughs> hot Topic <laughs> Monsters or something like that. They just... They looked... They looked so oh. silly and they were just... Yeah, once the monster's going... During the songs where they were like supposed to be up and about, there's a couple of people just kind of jostling, jostling. <laughs> they come to like run into each other, and then they just kind of hands around <laughs> each other. But then they can try to continue that on with the slower song. There's yeah. a bloody slow jam going, and people <laughs> in the crowd kind of swaying and doing all sorts of shit. It looks like, like, a, it looks like um, I don't know if you've seen Dance of the Dead, but when they discover that the do- zombies will listen to the music. And the zombies start fucking swaying. Yeah. That's what they looked like. It basically did. It looked like zombie, but they're all zombified. Yeah. And we continue to... The whole movie, we spend... We just go from the killer <laughs> and then come back to somebody playing a song about, you yeah, 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 yeah. You know, people's bloody swaying and we get to spend a good 30, 30 seconds with the crowd, which I thought was, yeah, fantastic after, after a while. Uh, what Siskel or even say that he fucking yeah, he mean, was happy to go back to the killer. I think was saying that the murders were a were a, uh, a, a, a respite for having to watch these wankers jump around <laughs> on stage. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> there was that. Uh, obviously, the other one in my dislikes, sorry, my likes was. Um, Evil rocking up to the <laughs> hospital as Jeff, <laughs> yes. and immediately within ninety seconds he's got a bird ready to drop a drop a pants. And this is what I love about that though. He sneaks in to a sanitarium. <laughs> Just by waiting for the guard to come out and then go run all the body. Then he comes out of a door as Jeff. So new <laughs> he's changed clothes. He looks like an orderly. And he goes, Tonight's my first night. And she immediately goes, Give us a look at your dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he says Some gag of that. Then nature. he goes, then he goes, Oh yeah, it's the first night, I'm nervous, da da da. I've brought along some wine. And his response is, how about we bang out some of this before I start? Yeah, yeah. And she shows her lack of professionalism by also going, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily, he didn't, he didn't uh, you know, happen to bump into the bird who would have said, have you read the bloody code of conduct? I know you've only been here. You know what, though? It just so happens he bumps into bloody, you know, Playboy Playmate 1980. Yeah. Got fucking Nurse Ratchet who wants to have him the bottom. Lobotomised for his fucking insubordination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, lucky that. He's been... Yeah, Ratchet goes, get on the launch! <laughs> oh, shit, all right. <laughs> Next oh, thing you know, he's man. bloody washing bedpans and dealing with, dealing with people with problems. But then the funny thing is, in terms of the plot, there's no reason for, no reason for us to see a lot of what's going on in the mental health ward, but... We do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New Year's celebration looked like a fucking rager. Looked like they were having a great old time. They were having a fantastic time. And they were allowed to bring out the wind-up toys to sit there and watch while they were going around the table and all sorts of stuff. Jesus. Big party. Yeah. Forget about bloody Times Square. Yeah. When we come out of there... We get down to fucking unknown sanitarium. We get going and I'm thinking... Why did we have to see the patients? 
There was no purpose for him to be there other than to get the bird and then say, get back on the phone and say, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty silly. But again, it was so silly that it was all it was all laughs while it was going on. One of the best lines of the movie when he uh, goes into the bar and again takes him thirty seconds to (laughs) catch the eye of a a lonely girl at the bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It kind of looks like because just before that he walks into the bar. And then we see a, a counter shot of some other bloke walking up with a beard over two ladies' shoulders and goes, so who wants to dance or a drink or some shit? One of them just gets up and so off. So I'm thinking, it must be, this must be bloody like a, is this a speed dating sort of joint yeah, or something, something like, like that? that? But, yeah, the, the fact that he walks in and he starts dropping, the, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I've uh, got a big party up at Eric Estrada's place. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Eric's got a big pile of coke up there. <laughs> We're chipping away at it. <laughs> yeah, I got a coke party to get to at Eric Estrada's joint. Oh, by the way, I got to nick someone before fucking eleven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. The other thing too, he was taking a great risk there by um lighting up a cigarette while he's doing his massage. While he was, while he had the lighter there, he was heating up. I that thought shit he, was flammable. <laughs> you got to be careful. I thought the adhesive might loosen up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> his mustache had come off with his cigarette. Yeah, what though? You need a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes you can't have. You can't have cigarettes involved with that thing. That could have gone up at any moment. Really, I think the only other one that was a real laugher was when the the girls that he does take out of the bar. Don't they start talking about fucking heat <laughs> or the weather or something? Oh, That's know. how he actually picks her up. Yeah, something like that. But then when they get outside and the cops are going to find them, <laughs> again, they grab, again, they grab the little you don't want bag. to hear the Punisher. You don't want to see the Punisher make fucking no, rants, but you'll see rent. this guy <laughs> make small talk with some bird and fucking bark. Oh, I didn't want to see that either. <laughs> but when it comes... When they go and they, they go and find the girls, they go and they find the first one like strung up or something with a bag over with a bag over a little bit of mull in the bag, and the you know the bloody keystone We seem to have an overdose <laughs> on some sort of substance. Oh, the old dude, the, the, the vile weed. <laughs> but then they go and pick up a little bag, and. The girl's head comes sliding <laughs> backwards down like slippery dip or something. Perfectly tall. Another real laugher. An absolute, like, when you see the shot of the bag, you're immediately going, why do we have a close-up of a handbag? Yeah. Or, why are we picking it up? Oh, that's, that's right. why. Fall into shot. Classic. It's ridiculous. Now, look, that's probably a slash of trope. So they probably needed... To get a little bit of love for that. Yeah, but you don't do it sliding down a slippery dip or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you do. You, you mix no, it up. Don't you do it, bloody falling out of a closet or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's right. That's the best one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was it for the likes. Okay. Even some of the dislikes that I had, I still laughed at them. Okay, Not let me go for the dislikes. Ones. Acting. A disgrace. Shocking. Every actor looks like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> yep. They just, they, they look... Well, I mean, we mentioned it last last episode about Draculas. <laughs> Are we going to Draculas? <laughs> no. 
Uh, mate, don't insult the good people that work at Dracula's because they put on a better show than this. Yeah, true. The, the, all of the actors were fucking atrocious, uh, especially the main girl. Yeah. Roz Kelly, who plays Blaze. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Not a good performance in there. No. Revealing him as the killer is a disaster. It is. It is an absolute disaster because... But not only that... You put him. You put him in a mask briefly. Yeah, and the mask was, was acceptable. Well, it looked kind of like I said to you. It kind of came off as like a um, happy death day kind of yeah. one. Yeah, like cherub could have done the job. Bit of a chuckle. But showing him it means there's absolutely zero mystery. So there's nothing nah. to keep you sort of invested. Yep. In what's going on. They, pretty, pretty tough to build a mystery when you've got four characters. Exactly. <laughs> and it tries to have the son character yeah. as kind of like a... I don't even think it's meant to be a red herring. No. It's just a ridiculous tap on at the end. But he's fucking wandering around with a stocking pulled over his yeah. head. Well, I cottoned onto it immediately. like Because I said to you... The son walks in with a look on his face like he's just, I don't know, he's just fucking drunk a bloody warm beer or something like that. Then he comes in and he's kind of looking away from his mother and clutching his roses and making these funny faces. And And then, I'm not, uh, you know, going into the spoilers and whatever, but he's clutching his roses and he says, I can't get on to Dad. And I said to you... He's acting a little bit like he's on the nose, yeah, this bloke. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then when we saw the other guy... I mean, classic canon. We saw the other guy, and we don't see anybody else. And I said to you, is that, is that Dad? And then as we go on, there's no other there's no other path to take because there's no other characters and no other... And I mean, you said, no, no, it's red herring. The son's a red herring. And I'm thinking, you might be right because it's really early in the film. and But then... We keep going and there's no other characters. And like, then we cut back to the sun uh, and he's ramming his head into a stocking. He's heading to a stocking. He might be onto something. Pick up the phone and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing happens. Puts the phone back down. Face all squashed. Yeah. He looks bloody ridiculous. So, I mean, the story was an absolute shambles too. And his, his motivation was peak... Bloody 1980s <laughs> attitudes to women. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, coming to his motivation, he basically says that he seems to have a problem with women. Mm. He's only getting allowance from his an allowance from his missus. Yeah, she's more successful you than ma- him. You, you, you bloody cut my balls off, basically. Yeah. So now I'm going to emasculated. else. And you're not going to do it to our son. Take your pick, dude. Come on, mate. What's what's the problem? Yeah. You got an issue that you're on the gravy train? Was there an allowance issue? Did you need to discuss raising it? (laughs) (laughs) That's a discussion, not a murder spree. I have 350 this month. Three fifty to four hundred. I mean, it was nineteen eighty. That went a long way. After hookers and crack, there was more. Yeah, and if it's that bad, let's get some mediation happening. <laughs> Have a discussion. Don't kill everyone. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. This is counterproductive. 
Next month there will be no allowance because you'll be in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be sending you bloody t- tickets to the commissary. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got an allowance of bloody cigarettes. <laughs> you need two packet of noodles today. <laughs> but it is that the whole like revelation at the end was just kind of like a, just a jumble of crap. Like it was a word salad of why he wanted to murder everybody who had no connection to her. The whole movie was a jumble of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no There was the no connection. Was so the only one that he killed that knew her was lactose-free Pam Green. <laughs> the rest of them were just random. Yeah. The, the locations were random. Why are you killing someone in the sanitarium? What was that pickup for? I don't know. Then he killed the other two girls in his car, yep. basically. And then, what was the next murder? He just stabbed a bloke. Well, he takes he takes the girl from the drive-in. He doesn't kill her, but he stabbed a bloke before he that. He stabbed a bloke before that, doesn't kill the girl because she gets away. Let's not forget the whole time he's doing this, he's dressed as a priest. <laughs> 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 oh man! And then and also gets into, a, gets into a bloody back and forth. Gets into a blue with runs over a couple of bikies. Then gets into a blue with them and drives to a drive-in to try and hide. Which is between the second killings and that, there's about twenty minutes where most of it's with him. Yeah, so you don't even see Blaze. Don't even see Blaze. There's no connection to her whatsoever. There's no story for her. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh, I just absolutely shocker! <laughs> oh my God, Canon Pictures, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Ah, uh, brilliant! I didn't have any other dislikes. I mean, I think I covered it all there. Um, uh, have you got anything else? I had two. What are they? There was the straight up <laughs> rip off of the. Oh yeah, that comes out. The music in general was a music shambles. I mean, there's scenes where there's people talking for like three minutes, and then you realise that the whole time the song that the band is playing at the show is still going in the background. That New Year's Evil song is on in the movie fifty times. I think it's in it three times. But there's also this this synthesised kind of score that sort of goes. I think it sounds like a fucking disco beat. <laughs> I like, thought he was playing that from the boombox that he was carrying to record oh, yeah. all his, uh, record all his... on. Now, again, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I don't think it was on the TV when he kills the nurse. I think it was on the radio. Oh, I thought he was recording the, the TV and recording the nurse. The countdown was on the radio, I'm sure. Where was the no, TV? The TV was in that little room they were watching. Yeah, but that was the, that was the, the, the sanitarium... Patience. He was in another room. Oh, I thought they had a little TV as well. I don't think so. Well, either way, it Again, doesn't matter. Think... It's still stupid either way. At one point he mentions how it's top-notch technology. Too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Look at it. Well, I guess it was back then. Um, What's the other one? The, the other one is, and this is talking about the genres and the understanding, the Go-Go Boys and their understanding, the of, understanding. understanding of the nuance, the subtlety, the standard tropes, the, the minimum requirements that you have to meet to be considered part of the genre. Yeah. Why are we finish up, finishing up a slasher with a shootout and a chase? Yeah. And leaving off we the building. A shootout, we have a shootout with the killer. The killer comes equipped with a with a pistol, starts, you know, firing from the doorway with a few police and then it's, runs up to the runs up to the roof. It's stupid. 
oh, I'm, I'm watching it. Again, I'm just, I'm like, just not sure what, what whether this, this is always... That's classified. where it got back to Colombo-type territory. Yeah. Not that Colombo had a lot of shootouts, if no, I didn't. recall. But Kojak. Kojak territory. Kojak would have plenty. The thing about it is, it, this is always classified as a slasher film, but I think looking at it, it's not really. It's kind of like a, I don't know, a thriller, maybe? Fails at that, too. Well, if you can... I mean, look... So, okay, so tell me this. I believe it's a hybrid Why? thriller with no thrills. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you failed to, to do what we asked in the title of the podcast. We asked you to fucking thrill me. <laughs> Bloody wankers, come on. No, so tell me this. If it's a thriller, yeah. why do we go with the poster that is yes, classic yes, slasher yes, poster? true. Why do we straight out rip off the kick k- at that know. time? Like... Again, I think you're, you're right. right. I think they, like, they, they positioned it as a slasher because they thought 1980. And by this point, by this point, Halloween's been out. Friday the 13th has just come out. Come out. Yep. Like so, we position ourselves in the slasher market, even though we don't have a, a and slasher. And we make a thriller and finish it with a shootout. Yeah, we don't actually have a slasher, but we'll just repurpose it into what we think is a slasher. Because the poster and the title, yeah, exactly, scream slasher. Slasher. So what they've done is they tried to market it. In slasher territory. You put the mask on the poster, you didn't put it in the movie. <laughs> Come on, Canon. <laughs> shit. <laughs> no wonder your 20 best films are absolute shit. <laughs> Although, we did come across Firekeeper and decide we, we want to check that one out. Well, I think that's what happens on Prime. Is it? Do some research. Shit, I'll watch that tonight. <laughs> Is that everything you've got? Yeah, that's everything. I don't, I can't kick it too much more than that. Oh, God. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Couldn't recommend it to anyone. No. Oh, look. No, have a look at it. It's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Have a look. Oh, if I wanted you to have a shit start to the new year, I still wouldn't recommend it to you. I'd, look, I'd go a little easier. I will that. actually say, and I said this to you while we were watching it, a slasher could work in Times Square. On New Year's Eve, just yeah. like you said about Hellfest. Well, I brought up Hellfest and you doubled over and laughed at it. So. <laughs> no, but I mean, the Hellfest idea of yeah. a murder well, a in a large New group Eve of people like... is a good one. Well, that's... And in fact, Terror Train... Fuck! Terror Train's a New Year's Evil slasher. Is it? Yeah, it's set on New Year's Eve on a train. Why did we watch what that? are we doing? <laughs> Well, that's Jesus awful. Jesus Christ. You could, have, you could have reminded me of that. Oh, mate. We, it's probably sitting in that stack right next to you there. We, we need to freshen up in 2020. Uh, <laughs> we need to smarten up our game. Coming New Year's 2020. <laughs> Terror Train. Look Terror out for train. it. If we forget, somebody please remind us. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually, you know what? And if one of us, uh, say, if one of us goes New Year's Evil again, because we're pretty thick, we don't realise we've already done it. Well, <laughs> staying on the thick, uh, staying on the thick sort of tra- train of thought there, I think we brought this up last year. Terror Train. <laughs> so we kept it we've in had the, we, kept it the, we kept it in the skyrocket for this year. <laughs> We've had multiple opportunities to get this done, and we proceed to grab this shit instead. Oh, well. Because, look, Terror Train... the only way is up. 2020 is looking better than 2019. 
<laughs> Terratrain shits all over this. Yeah, it's not yeah, even a classic right. slasher either. It's not great slasher. It's, better, it's than better than this. And it ticks the boxes. The, 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 the go go boys. <laughs> what boxes? What boxes? <laughs> all right, okay. Let's take a break. And we'll come back and we will give you our five best and worst films of 2019. Happy New Year to you, Blaze. Ooh, some kind of voice you got there. Sound like the Phantom. You could call me that. So you got a name, Phantom? Call me Evil. Evil? You bad, honey? No. Just Evil. All right. Unfortunately, due to the magic of uh, podcasting, we couldn't get any extra people on board. It's just Jared and I still. Yeah, look at look at the clout we have. <laughs> but we're going to do a quick run through. The pair of us are going to give our top five best and worst for 2019. We're going to start with the worst, Jared. Yep. I'm coming straight out of the gate at number five. <laughs> me. Actually, no, I'm going to come with a couple of honourable mentions. And I think we disagree on this, but I had honourable mentions with Child's Play. Mm-hmm. Which, I, it just, look, it wasn't shit house. And a bit the same with my other honourable mention, which is Ready or Not. They were not shit house, mm-hmm. but they just did not work for me. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Child's Play probably more so worked for me. Yeah. Because I felt there were some moments in Child's Play that I kind of liked. They got things right, but it just overall was not an experience I was that happy with. See, Child's Play, uh, yeah, I, my feeling on that was that it actually did work all right. Yeah. I was just, I just didn't think it needed to be a Child's Play. That was my biggest issue. It didn't need to be chucked. Yeah, it, just, it probably it, could have been far, probably would have been more accepted. They just took a movie that was like, I mean, for me, you could have made that movie and said it's inspired by Chucky. Yeah because that's what we love, but we're doing it for a new generation or whatever, but, but they just sort of... The, maybe the movie doesn't get made unless they say, we've got a Child's Play movie. Well, that's it. They basically use a fucking a name yeah. to get it get it going. Do you have any honourable men, honourable mentions there and on the worst? I do. Yes? Happy Death Day to you. Ooh, interesting. That's in my five. Yeah, I don't think it was... I don't think it was in the five worst movies I saw. By any stretch, I saw a bunch of movies that was that were worse than this, <laughs> but it was a disappointment factor for me that the first one was so good. Yeah, and then this one, I don't necessarily dislike the the genre switch so much, but I just felt that it, the the concept in the first time around worked so well as a slasher, and this one took so much time setting up the science of it. Yeah, or trying to set up the science of it, and it, it was just a real disappointment. And I think that it probably speaks more to my feelings on the first one. Yeah, how how much I liked the first one. Yeah, the first so one was gold. In terms of disappointment factor, it probably hits my honourable honourable mentions there. Got any other honourable mentions? No, that was that was it. Well, I I rolled that in at five, and I'm with you. It was about disappointment. Yeah, the first one was such a good movie, like such a good movie. Like I remember watching it again. More recently, with my little nephew, yep, and just thinking this is just great. 
It's just such a good movie. The setup works. The acting is fantastic. The you know the whole thing it just works. Yeah. And then so I was super excited about the sequel, but basically they dro- almost dropped the slasher element. Mm. For for probably for good reason. They probably had no like it just didn't feel. I like didn't really know where they were going. Yeah. And to take. All and that they actually time. ended up. I think they ended up recycling ideas from the first one. Yeah, which wasn't so bad. But I just thought there's there's something there. There's 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 always a way that you can come up with an idea. But I guess they had to strike while it was still still a property that people wanted to see at yeah. the time. Although it turned out that wasn't the case anyway. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of a reflection on what probably what the quality did to the fans of yeah. the first one. I guess. Yeah. What's your fifth? Worst. My fifth is, again, it's probably not the worst in this crop. Yep. But it's a heavy disappointment factor. Hmm. Glass. Yeah, I had it much higher up yep. for me. But it was very, very poorly yeah. dealt with. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you save your feelings for that for when you drop it on your. Yep. But my number, yeah, number five for me, Glass. Just the disappointment of seeing those characters just. Just, just fall off with a whimper, really. Yeah. Like the length of time that we kind of had to wait, and then the seeing the trailer that seemed to indicate we're going to get something solid here. So I was never like split for me was it enjoyable, but it wasn't something that I was really like. I'm so excited to see these crossover. It was yeah. more that split kind of brought this back into we're going to get these characters back. Yes. And I actually think sometimes they manage to work quite well together Hmm. for a couple of portions of the movie, but it was just such a, such a disappointing experience to sit there and just see this story not really unfold. Yes. Kind of just die in front of us. And I got, got where they were trying to go. Yeah. But it was just so heavy handed. And yep. to spend so much time with, to me, the most interesting character of all of those guys is David Dunn. Yeah. And to spend so little time with him. Yep. And again, I read a review that kind of indicated that, like, it felt like you basically had the actors for a certain amount of time. Mm. And so you just... Well, Sammy Jackson was was underused yep. as well. So we quickly shoot a few days with him and a few days yeah. with him and a few days with him and, thinking and then try and squeeze them together. The promise of this kind of grand plan too, that he'd been concocting this plan while he was locked away with with the beast. Yeah, no. Nah. It, nah. it just was stupid. And to not have, to me, David Dunn's the most interesting guy and to look deeper into where he had gotten to Yeah. after so long would have been where I would have gone yep. and then you suddenly put him face to face with Elijah Price who suddenly got the beast as his muscle and that's where you're going I guess the positive of it is it makes you want to go watch Unbreakable again yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really and that experience Unbreakable's again. not hindered by no having glass in the cannon nope yeah, big big disappointment. My, you, number five. My number five was Happy Death Day to You. My number four is Black Christmas. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, the way they were going, what they wanted to do was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But then they just fucking got so heavy-handed with it. And 
it didn't work. It like, yeah, it it was PG rated, essentially, so it was bloodless. Yeah, um, which then also undercut it. Uh, it. It threw in a couple of coolish ideas, but then never went far and far enough further forward with them. All over, it. and then the ending was just. Bloody hell. <laughs> I, was, I was just in the cinema just shaking my head, just going, oh, my God. So it's definitely not one to be rushing out and seeing, I wouldn't have thought. Not mm. in the cinema. I think it's probably already gone. Yeah, yeah, it has. But, Pretty um, sure it has. Check it out on on streaming. Yep. I'll be there. What was your number four? Number four, now, you know what? I don't think I actually confirmed that this was released in 2019. I'm pretty sure it was. Hellboy. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. So I'm glad to say I had something on my um, least anticipated. <laughs> the the came to fruition. Right where I thought it would. Yeah, man, just just a stinker. Nothing David, good David at all. David Harbour being involved, Neil Marshall. I guess, you know, there, was no, there wasn't the anticipation from me, obviously. I felt... <laughs> when you saw the trailers and stuff that it was starting to see kind of writing on the wall but it was just a bit of a mess like dodgy special effects at times just just wasting really good actors and essentially attempting to start a franchise and just fucking stomping it into the ground again so Mate, there yeah, is no excuse for shit special effects when you got 50 million in the can in the in the pocket no no there's zero excuse for that no you should have a top-notch mob yeah. involved. And it's just, I mean, seeing someone like David Harbour that seems to be, like, spot on for a role and just then getting left with material that's not quite there and yeah. dealing with, you know, as happens when something like something like this goes on, all the, all the finger-pointing. Yeah. That was the worst part about it, and, yeah. is, is everybody started pointing fingers. I mean, yeah. there was half a dozen articles... Essentially saying who was in the wrong, yeah, on this project, and I'm thinking so nobody. I would was suggest in- everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah instead it was of just rough. putting the hand up and saying, "Listen, we all cocked it up." See, because I mean, it started with the producers. It sounded like they were they were pulling power moves, but then it sounded like David Harbour wasn't listening to the director. But then it came out that Neil Marshall was pulling for the the woman that he's with to get a role in there, and the producers didn't want to give it to her. So yeah. it's like it sounds like everyone's got got issues here yeah like. everyone was involved in some capacity of cocking it all up yeah which is sad because it, that, that, that shit has potential mm. and the first film that was done yeah. was really good and Neil Marshall's resume of, of previous work is just like the well, man is he is, seemed he's like the guy for the work. job yeah which makes it even worse mm. alright number three as I said Glass was my number three. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go any further. We yeah, just go on, give us another. Give us another. Look, <laughs> it was a shit of a film. <laughs> a few thoughts on it. <laughs> Again, you know, look, I'm, I'm with you in the grand plan stuff. I always thought about this. This was something that Shyamalan had in the background his whole, yeah. ever since Unbreakable. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. He was foxing. Bullshit. Yeah. He never thought about this. This is why Unbreakable is such a good movie. Because it's not connected to these other ones. Yeah, yeah. Until he decided to f- foost it in the end of Split. Yeah. So. And it's such a different, like, the, you know, the first one was obviously steeped in comic book lore and sort of. Yeah. Putting a different spin on it. And the next one, you're just like, I don't know where all this came from. It yeah. Just, it was, it's just there. <laughs> it just was a real miss. Yeah. Across the board. So, what's your number three? 
Another comic book property, Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to see that one, yeah. but I heard it was yeah, check it shocking. Out. Can't recommend it enough. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was shocking. It was boring. It was really boring, which is... Can't be said for most of the X-Men Well, that's films. it. Like, oftentimes... Even the bad ones are still... Yeah, even the bad ones, you know, you still get a few exciting kind of action sequences or whatever, but this it was so dull. And you get someone like Jessica Chastain playing the villain and just don't use it. Like, yeah. Well, she just gets, not don't use it, but she just gets this really baffling role to play. And by the end of it, 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 it drags on so long. By the end of it, your brain's just friggin' numb. <laughs> I had lost total investment in the movie at about the hour mark. <laughs> and the fucking thing... Just kept on plugging away, Crawled pushed on past you. Yeah, it, it was just, yeah, it was so, it was such a tough watch. It was a really tough watch. So, yeah, that was that was. I know. Again, we kind of knew this was happening because we already were hearing things about it being a yeah, piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, we kind of knew this. It was happening beforehand, but I didn't expect it to be as boring as it was. Okay, very tedious. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> Number two, I'm getting a slightly controversial here. Mm-hmm. My number two is Rambo, Last Blood. What's controversial about putting a because shit I would have put it. At, <laughs> most people initially, I was thinking it was top. <laughs> yeah, definite top. Yep, I'm, I'm um, pretty sure I know where you're going. Here. My problem with this was it. Now, anyone who really wants to find out how bad it was, check out our episode because Gibbo just goes off about yeah. it. And he's 100% correct. You take this character that we've known and loved for a long, long time, and I felt like bringing him back for one last go, I always had my reservations yep. that this was a mistake because I really liked the way he he ended it with Rambo in 09. But oh, some, something about me inside was saying, well, I hold out hope that he's yeah. going to do something interesting it with still it. still an ember. Ready it was still birdie, <laughs> and he did nothing interesting with it. No. In fact, he turned it into the most fucking tedious mess of a, a revenge flick with a 70-year-old man wandering around gruesomely killing people. Mm. It, it had absolutely no depth. It had nothing. Yep. Uh, and Rambo's... You know, wouldn't we have wanted to go back and sort of get back closer to First Blood mm. to, to sort of wrap the whole thing up? But, nah, what we need is a gruesome violence um, with no apparent reason for it. Mm. And it's just it was just shit. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Your number two? <laughs> well, I think you've probably... I'm sure you've got a few words to say about this one. And I think I know where this is going, but my number two is Six Underground. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> just that, that's my number one. Yeah, it, it was just $150 million of absolute waste of time. 150 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Ryan Reynolds was thinking. Like, I, I, I don't know if he reads a script and just thinks, yeah, I can punch this up with ad-libbing my yeah. dialogue. But I, I don't think I've ever disliked a Ryan Reynolds character more than the one that I did in this movie. Yeah. He is so poorly constructed as a character hmm. there is just nothing there other than money and punchlines and the punchlines are just annoying they're not funny 
there's no there's nothing built up between any of the characters the action is so overdone that you are just it's like pushing your head into a fucking meat grinder or something like, I just I, you just it's you can't take it you can't take it anymore and it was just a, a huge disappointment even for a Michael Bay film like the last few Bay films that we've got I know this is what we expect from the bloke I don't expect it to be anything kind of outside of the realm of what we got but there was just this inkling of okay well Netflix is giving it to Bay it's going to be all Bay Hmm. We're really going to find out if this is all he's got or whether he's still, you know, something like the Bad Boys and the Armageddons where we, we, we enjoyed that kind of action, whether there's still something of that there. Yeah. And I think we found out that... There isn't. I don't know. Maybe producers had been curbing the bloke. Because yeah. if he got free creative reign on this one, I mean, I wouldn't be giving him any more money to make movies like this. No. They're just dreadful. No. And, yeah, people would argue that Rambo... Rambo would be was a worse film, but I disagree. At least I could see what was happening mm. in Rambo as much as I didn't want to. <laughs> I could see what was happening in the action scenes. Yeah. I could not make out hide nor hair of anything in Six Underground. Yeah. I couldn't tell who the fuck was doing what. I didn't know any of the characters. I didn't know their names. I didn't know their backgrounds. I didn't know anything about it. So you spend... 150 and minutes. It's a problem that you didn't know their names when they didn't actually have names. They had one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still I didn't, didn't know, know who the fuck saying. they were. <laughs> okay. And they even try to throw in a scene where they tell them, tell everyone their name. But yeah, I was yeah. kind of like, who gives a shit? Yeah, no one cared. Like, I couldn't tell you which number the English parkour guy was. I couldn't tell you. The only one I can remember is Ryan Reynolds because yeah, he was yeah. one. Pretty sure the English bloke was number four, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Fuck, it was just a shambles. Yeah, it was terrible. And there, there, was there, I don't even know if there was even a script. Agreed. I just think it was just, let's we'll take $150 million and we'll just do whatever we want and we'll put it on screen and people will watch it. Yeah. And fuck, I was stupid enough to watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's just, so, set, it's just, just a bunch of set pieces. Oh, it was, it, but it was headache-inducing. It was. I mean, it I really desperately was. wanted to stop watching it, but I just couldn't. I felt I had to tough through it. Yeah. And it was a hard, hard slog, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Are you a better person for no. being able to <laughs> mentally being, oh. being able to, to keep yourself together oh. through 100 and... What was it? 130 minutes of that? No, it was... Yeah, yeah, no, it was 135. 135. Fuck. I thought it was 150, but... I was wrong on that front. Oh, I guess it was a little bit short of it. Christ, it felt was terrible. Like, it felt like 250. I just think that maybe with a strong producer, Bay gets... They're able to take out some of that overindulgence yep. and keep him on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why you know, something like The Rock and Armageddon were enjoyable pictures because the guy's style... Lends itself nicely to them, but he was kept on. He was kept on a shorter leash. Yeah, he's just been let loose here, and I don't know if Netflix really bothered to look into it. And they just they just punch out this pile of shit. But I mean, surely you can make this for less than a hundred million dollars. Yeah, you just I don't know. You have to. Right, get smaller boats, well, use smaller buildings. Well, you make it 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't make it two hours and 15. Yeah. 
I and just, add I, that I, extra 40 minute set piece. So like, oh, I don't know what it is that the, whoever's making these movies thinks that we want to watch this for two hours and like they're so, they're under some delusion that this is worth 200 and, I mean, two hours and, and 15 minutes of our time. Hmm. Like, at least some of these shit peddlers that are making, you know, <laughs> dodgy little action flicks know that we want a few punch-ups and we want it in 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We want it quick. Mate, but don't, don't, don't muck around. There's not many. I mean, if you're making the next Die Hard, great. Make it go for two hours. <laughs> but if you're watching if you're watching or reading the script of this movie and then watching what you're producing early on in the movie and thinking, this is the next Die Hard, you are yeah. sorely mistaken. <laughs> but you like, know what, though? I've said this many times. An action scene needs to raise the fucking adrenaline yeah. for a short period of time. Yeah. Not 35 minutes. Yeah. But, I mean, the, I mean, the biggest crime of this is that it goes for 35 minutes and not once does it raise the adrenaline yeah. levels. My pulse was not racing at all. No. All I was thinking was... I remember sitting there for that opening sequence and I'm just yeah. shaking my head going, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. That opening sequence is some of the, is just dreadful. Yeah. It's so bad. <sighs> okay. All right. Number one for you. Yeah, Rambo. I <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Stallone? Was close. Is he Stallone off the Christmas Look, I still have a fondness for Stallone, so maybe I should have put Six Underground at number one as well because yeah. <laughs> I'm losing any sort of fondness for Michael Bay. Oh, no, no. I mean, you're making Ryan Reynolds unlikable. <laughs> That's really tough to do. Even in his bad movies, you like the guy. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, Is it the same as Stallone? No, no, I, no, I still love, I still love Stallone. You love Stallone. Uh, he just, he just whiffed badly. Yeah, I felt like the setup could have been fine. Look, he was, com- uh, was coming together beautifully. He was though. coming together beautifully. When I saw the pictures of him looking like the Marlboro Man, I thought this is fantastic. I can't wait. Um, but from the opening, the opening bit with the the horse or the donkey or whatever in the hills, <laughs> I thought, oh, we could be in some trouble here. And then, you know, the, talking about poorly drawn representations of Mexico and Mexican people, and and the like, the way things play out. Um, Do you think anyone involved with the production went to Mexico? I don't think get so. A feel for the place. They went to Taco Bell for lunch. That was about it. <laughs> I didn't even really like the the way that we got to the revenge. I felt like the characters were just they were just used for like obviously used to set up that purpose, but you didn't want the you didn't want things to end the way they did and when they did rather than feeling oh, he's really got to take revenge here. You felt that's really that's a fucking cheap way to set this up, Sly. <laughs> yeah, you you were a bit sort of dirty on the on the <laughs> writing of it all rather than invested in the in the in the people in the movie. When it all goes down at his ranch, <laughs> um, that was I must say I was kind of sitting back for five minutes going, holy shit, this is pretty full on. But even then, some of them were misfires. There was a couple of things where you think, gee, that's a bit grotesque. Come on, Sylvester. <laughs> and this is from a franchise. Like, there's some of the stuff that happens to people in Rambo 4. <laughs> I remember there's a photo that I, I got, a still, 
from the film, and I believe I put it on the episode when we put it out. Yeah. And it's Rambo with his, his you know, giving us a, a sort of a scream, and he's got his um, machete raised, yeah. and he looked like fucking Jason Voorhees <laughs> <laughs> without his mask on. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He was Jason Voorhees, though, in the film. Basically, yeah. He was just, look... Sylvester just missed the missed the mark. Yeah, he did. It. And he re- seems to really know Rocky yeah, well. Yeah. But <laughs> seems to have forgotten what made Rambo so interesting. Yeah. Was First Blood. Can't the, wait for the next one though. I can't wait for the eighty year old man <laughs> fucking chopping people's legs off and yeah. stuff with machetes in his ranch. Yeah, Rambo in the in the um bloody nursing home or something. What's it gonna be called? Not last blood? Rambo blood bags or something? <laughs> <laughs> blood transfusion. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't want to see another Rambo film. Yes, you do. And in fact... Yeah, you do. As I said, I was leery about it from the start. The trailer came out. I was immediately on board. <laughs> Look, and then... Let's be honest. We were all leery about it from the start, but we were having a bit of fun with it. And then we saw the trailer and actually got a bit excited. Yeah. How do we handle these feelings? <laughs> oh, yeah, look, I was conflicted. There's no doubt about that. I was conflicted about how I felt about the guy. And I just feel maybe Rocky's easier to, to write for because it's about understanding your um, flaws yeah. as a human and getting older um, works in the Rocky but Rocky, Rocky hasn't gone to Mexico yet. No, so. he hasn't. But, but I mean, Rocky had similar things when he went to the when he went to <laughs> Russia. So. <laughs> oh fuck! So so Sly had four for this kind of bullshit. We didn't even we didn't see the red flags. <laughs> we should have known. <laughs> we should have known. All right, okay. Let's get into some the best of. Okay. okay. Now I've got an honourable mention, and it's not an action film or a horror movie. I just wanted to mention it. Toy Story Four. Yeah. Was Great. awesome. Like the Toy Story franchise is so the quality has been so high. Yep. And I even with four, I was thinking, no, oh, there's got to be a dip. You're fucking flying off the brief here, mate. I know it's well <laughs> off, but I just thought I'd mention it because it was a really good movie. Yep. That I that uh, you're four four movies in. Yeah. You usually don't get this kind of quality. Yep. Hence Rambo last part. <laughs> Sorry as I mentioned it. But that's just yeah. an honourable mention just on the on the side. Hmm. What about you? Do you have any honourable mentions? Here? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You're not gonna like this one. My, us. Um, yeah, I didn't hate us. I I it's not in my top five because I felt the overall quality of it just um it, it fell apart a little bit. But there's sequences of it that I love. And the thing about it for me is even with it not really hitting <clears throat> home, me not coming out thinking that's a five out of five, that one, or mm. like I'm probably more of a three out of five with that, and I don't think it's as good as Get Out, but similar to Get Out, I want to go back to it. I keep thinking about things from it, and I want to watch it again. I've got the Blu-ray in there with the the commentary, and I'm going to you know, go through that. I just I love the way the guy makes makes the movies, yeah. um, and there's sequences of it that still. Still, he nailed. I think there's 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 good solid 10, 15 minute stretches of the movie that I think are fantastic. So. There are moments in it I liked. I think the hype worked against it for me. Well, the, the hype, hype was, was a, through like, the roof, and then when I saw it, and 
as I said, the actual where we got to what was going on, and I started laughing. And well, I the thing for me, but I mean, I, I mean, I saw that too, and I didn't like it, but I didn't laugh. I didn't. And I thought maybe the hype's too high, and I went in. Well, this is the get thing, out. Mate. So the thing is, get out was so good. But the thing for me is, I I had the same. I mean, I was probably even more hyped. I know you were. There was there was times when you weren't as excited for it. No. I went in and watched it, and as I said, I'm not saying the movie was as good as I was hoping for. It wasn't. But I've consistently gone back and thought about things from that movie, hmm. and there's other movies that I've seen during throughout the year and probably liked better, but haven't haven't thought about again. Whereas this one, and this is what I like about the guy, I want to go back and watch parts of it again, and I start thinking about things, or then I read someone else's take on something, and I think shit, let's check that out again. Like I just think he's got he's got something there where. The visuals and the imagery are really good, but he's obviously put a hell of a lot of time into this. I oh, think, look. for me, I think the subtext, him trying to put the subtext and the message kind of overruled the, the scary movie aspect of it this time, Yeah, which is what he nailed with Get Out. Yeah, This time around, there was obviously the messages there, but when we got to the ending, I think rather than looking for something that was... And I didn't take it as badly as you. Like, obviously, you said it, it didn't land at all for you. I got there, and I'm like, eh, I didn't love that. Nah. But it, it was obviously trying to say something, and rather than getting a real sort of scare and a real knock-it-out-of-the-park sort of well, ending. Well, put it like, this yeah, way. Got. At least he's, he's, que- he's, he's putting things out there. He's questioning things. He's, he's making interesting... Yeah. He's putting interesting ideas on the table. Well, put it this way. The guy could... His next movie, essentially... I could watch it and the trailer could be like, I don't know, fuck, The Fanatic. And I'd still be like, I've got to get to this. I've got to get to this day one. Because <laughs> I loved Get Out. This one I really liked. But as I said, I can't stop. I, I really just want to keep going back to it. And so the next one, he's just he's just built up this kind of cache and this, this. I think he's got a bank of interesting ideas there that I'm really keen to see. Yeah, so that's he probably that's, has. I guess that's what it's I, funny for what me because and that's why it didn't make my top five. Like I'm I'm talking about how much I want to go back to it, but yeah. it's not one. Of, I didn't think it was probably one of the best five. It's interesting say. you say that because something like Hereditary, I I, th- I think about going back to that. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Yep. I haven't thought about that movie at all. Check the out summer. You'll love it. <laughs> you told me it was fucking... You were baffled. <laughs> I still am. I am. I am baffled by it. I, the moment I left us, I never thought of it again. Yeah. Like, I was just like, nah, that's that's it. That's that. I won't be saying that again. I'm not really that interested in it. And I think it was just because, once again, it just didn't didn't find the mark for me. Yeah. Um, See, I'm just I'm hooked up in all these whereas, ideas about you um, know, hereditary being your own something like hereditary. I was like, fuck. You know, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. the hell's this? You know, and you you kept thinking about where it all went and what it was all about. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's in the same ballpark for me. Like, and I hereditary guess, is is that's something I've gone back to twice now. He is sort of got those. He is the very least you're stretching. And looking for new things in horror. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, we probably need more of that. Yeah. Um, even though I believe horror had a pretty good year, mm-hmm. some of it was, you know, was pretty standard stuff. Yeah. A lot of the ones w- I've gone with yep. were standard. Yeah. They were just enjoyable standard. Yeah. Which well, I, I think, think is what I was kind of looking for. This yeah, year. and I was hoping 
beforehand that this would this would be one of those top five ones for me. But it just yeah, it fell short. Um, but I just can't. I'm still intrigued by it. So yeah. So you're we'll my number that. five. Mm-hmm. Best. This might be you know it, it all came down to how much you were going to enjoy this because it wasn't as good as the first part. But I went with it. Chapter two. Yep. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit long, and at times a little boring. Yep. And it did have this tendency to kind of like just, just have set pieces. Yeah. With nothing connecting any of it. It was just like oh they they're walking around town. They're all running into Pennywise again. Yep. And and some of them were really good. Some of them weren't. Mm-hmm. But overall, I felt if you watch the two films together, I think. You'd find it fits in okay. Yeah. Just not up to par with well, the that's first one. Pretty much what you've said there is why it's not near mine. Yeah. Is because it doesn't work. I don't think it works all that well independently of the first one. No. With, I had a good with time the with first it. One, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've already purchased. I've got to, but, <laughs> got to but, go back to again. But I would watch the first one any time. Yeah, and I would go. I would go to the two of them together again for sure. Yes. I just felt it wasn't as consistently good as the first one. Yeah, um, which it wasn't. Pretty much definitely there, wasn't. So. Definitely, it had its problems. Yep. But it also, I think, also threw a few things in there that I liked. Yeah. Um, some of the actors actors were really good. Yeah. There was a lot of good things to like about it. Yeah. But I felt that maybe just trimmed. Yeah. It could have been trimmed a bit. It well, as I said, I, I think you're I pretty pretty much had the same criticisms. But even with them, the last half hour, I just I was really satisfied with. Yeah. Even with some of the silly things that went on, I just kind of, when it was all wrapped up, I was kind of satisfied. Yeah. Which was. What's yeah, your number I was five? Happy enough with that. My number five is Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's coming for a bit of pepper this one, and. Yeah. Well, I probably didn't. I probably didn't give it as as much raps as I sort of when I watched it, but yeah, it was quite good. I I wasn't really expecting all that much from it, and I'm I'm not even that big a fan of. The Shining. No, I do have an appreciation for it, but I just don't. It's not the sort of film that that I'm going to p- put in the classic sort of status. It's not. Yeah. Um, I understand why people like it, and I understand kind of what make it, makes it work, but it's just not not in my wheelhouse, I suppose. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised that that I enjoyed this one as much as I did. It's sort of uh, Mike Flanagan again. Just has a has an ability to kind of ring. Ring what you can out of a of a of a story. Yeah, I think for me the best thing he's done is is the haunting of Hill House. I, like I I love that. Mm. But this one is kind of classic sort of recent King in that it's a fairly the story that he's got to work with is fairly solid, but not classic King. But what he gets out of that for the movie is really really fun really really enjoyable stuff and he manages to do a really good job of appeasing King's vision of what he wanted for Jack Torrance and Danny Torrance but then taking you back to I mean you go you go back to the Overlook and it's Kubrick's Overlook Hmm. you know so yeah I really appreciated that because he had a very tough job to do bit disappointing that it probably didn't make the money. I know Stephen probably didn't have a hot dinner for Christmas yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, he had, he had a cold lunch. <laughs> he had a cold lunch. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't afford to give presents to the family. <laughs> um, he, was, he was wrapping up cold lumps. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say uh, 
if you're a King fan, you're probably going to be happy with it. Yep. Fair so enough. that's mine. Mine at number four was a Netflix original that I was extremely disinterested in when I first heard about it, and I chucked it on one day, and that is Shaft. Yeah. The version of Shaft that they did was I really enjoyed it. Wow. Really enjoyed it. Surprised me greatly. Yeah. Because I, I remember watching the Sammy Jackson one yep. on his own and thinking, pretty average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty average. This one was really cool, the way they, they had all three shafts in it. It had the right amount of, you know, action and a little bit of cracking-wise. It was a bit of a turn-your-brain-off, but I had a great time with it. And I think that that's the reason why it's in here for me is because that was a prerequisite for me when I'm watching something like that. Mm. I wanted to have a good time, and I got I got exactly what they were offering. But you didn't want your brain to be turned off as much as a six underground. No. <laughs> and surprisingly, I could see what was going on. Yeah. So... To me, it was a big surprise because I had nothing but low expectations for this one. Yep. Interesting. What do you got for us here? So mine was ready or not. Ready or not? Oh, I, had okay. the, I had the complete opposite feelings to you on this one. <laughs> I loved it. No, I didn't hate um, it. I just didn't. Kind of was middling. You've given it, <laughs> it a mention in your worst. Yeah, no, honourable mention, mate. Honourable mention. No, I thought it, it just was, didn't work for me. I thought it was excellent. I thought the the for starters, it's a concept that worked. Like it's a concept for a horror flick that immediately I saw the trailer and I thought, yeah, sounds sounds pretty good. Mm. Um, Could have gone either way. I felt it worked. I felt it worked quite well. Um, Samara Weaving is excellent. I yep. think she's just... She is a good actress. I'll um, give that. Really kind of a couple of movies now that I'm just like, yeah, I'm sort of interested in what where she's going from here. Like, yeah. I think that... You, I know you didn't you didn't get many laughs out of it. I got a, I got a few laughs, especially from Henry Zerny a couple of times, <laughs> blowing up the Lux. But the idea, I just felt, was a good idea. I reckon probably next time around will be where I sort of really decide how much I like the movie. Yeah. I could definitely have to go back to it to look, um, see a few of the things that you kind of don't take in the first time around necessarily, but mm. when you start sort of digging in a bit more, you get the little tip-offs to what where, where it's going to go eventually and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was really, really happy with it. Fair enough. All right. My number three, it skirts the line because I wouldn't have called it more of a thriller, mm. I guess you would say, but I really liked Knives Out. Mm-hmm. It was really, really well done. Yeah. I'm a bit of a fan of that Agatha Christie style, put everyone in an old dark house and then kill someone off and, and then everyone's, everyone's, an, everyone's a suspect. View and, on it. Yeah, 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 it's all viewed from different angles. They did a really, really good job. Yeah. And one of the things I think that they managed to get a lot out of was it had this really darkish humour yeah. running through the whole film. Yep. And that just added to it, you know. There mm. were some really good performances too. Foghorn Craig. Foghorn Daniel story. Craig. It worked somehow. Yeah. But it was a super cast as well. Yeah, People yeah. like Tony Collette and Don Johnson and Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans. Really good cast. Just a really good movie all around. Yeah. Um, and it kind of... Had a little bit of murder on the Orient Express, mm-hmm. but mixed with this dark humour that made you know you, you 
laughed several times during the film where it's almost like it's comical to see what's going on. Yeah. But yet it still sort of rolls back to there's a twist that you kind of don't really see coming. Yep. So I really liked the way it was done. Cool. All right. So I had, at, at three, I had The Nightingale. Ah, you mentioned this the other day, didn't yeah. you? I don't even really know. I mean, it's not really a horror flick, but I've sort of ended up putting it in there because it's, you know, Jennifer Kent having done The Barbadour mm. previously and the stuff that goes on is quite, quite horrific. And in the end, it's, it's sort of got a revenge tale element to it. But, yeah, really... Like just a beautiful looking film for mm. one, but really sort of affecting the relationships between the characters. Just feel really well developed. The guy that sort of perpetrates a lot of the shit that going on. The acting performance given for him is just you just fucking hate the bloke. Yeah, the acting performance is is fantastic, and obviously being an Australian film, there's a lot of sort of issues raised that are relevant to us here so yeah. it's uh, yeah I would highly recommend it good one I'll have to I don't know how <laughs> difficult it is to watch but yeah I'll have to see if I can give a it, hand to be it. honest I think it's overdone a little bit yeah. obviously there's some there's some things being done that are quite horrific but it's not necessarily graphic super graphic with them and I feel like as I've said so I, I think I've made it pretty clear that I'm not a huge fan of some of that stuff being used as plot devices. Hmm. But in this case, it actually feels relevant to as like a representation of what was being done to groups of people and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I had less of an issue with it here. Fair enough. My number two. Now, I believe when I spoke about this prior... I I enjoyed it, but I knew I I know there was prob some problems with it. Yeah. But I think overall, looking back on it, I really liked the idea, and I think they executed it pretty well. Yep. Under the circumstances, and that was Brightburn. Mm-hmm. I think they really did a very good job. The whole idea of what if Superman landed and became a murderer, basically. Yep. The way it played out, for the most part, was pretty well done, barring a couple of little sort of moments where you just knew they were going to do something and it was kind of like, well, what's the point of this? Yeah, Considering yeah. you kind of know, e.g., shoot the kid in the back of the head. Yeah. Well, you know he's a fucking superhuman, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You think that's just going to bounce off? Yeah. But overall, I think the idea and the execution of that idea were pretty well done. Mm. So I really did actually enjoy that a lot. There and I'd go. definitely probably give that another viewing soon. Yeah, yeah. Now on DVD to have another look at it and, and get some more sense of of what I liked and what I didn't like about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm kind of the same. I, I, like, I see the warts, and I had a few real issues. Like, it... it, it it was sort of how one of the, sort of sort of how its strengths were its weaknesses too. Like, mm. by taking the story of Superman, you could also see things like that that yeah. scene just played out exactly how you thought it was going to play out and just just kind of lost the impact yep. but I really appreciated yeah some of the some of the spins they put on it and it's a it's a it's a sort of field I would love for them to go back to yeah I would love for them to take other superheroes or continue on with that particular story and take you know classic 
take classic Superman stories but put the spin on them of yeah. if, if the if the coin was flipped. I think there's know? room to manoeuvre with this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that, yes, really good first effort, had its problems, but we found a bit of a groove, maybe we can do something more with it. Yeah, totally. So that was definitely my number two. Your number two? My number two was Crawl. Ah! Yeah. So, as we've discussed certain things that you have to cop Barry Pepper's hands Barry Pepper's <laughs> and arms and, and body and, yeah, seem to be super indestructible yep. and a few of the few of the things that you need to cop for the setup to be where it is yep if you can get over that it's just a hell of a fun ride like yeah the, the, the execution of you know some of the scenes where they're in the crawl space are excellent like really well done, really wringing the tension out of the concept, and there was actually less parts where I felt, you know, this is totally stupid, than I thought we were going to have to cop. So overall, yeah, it was one of my most kind of enjoyable watches of the year. Even Matty K, Matty K checked it out with me and was quite impressed. It. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, it was my number one. Yeah. Because it delivered exactly what it said it was going to. Yeah. It was a B movie, really. Yep. A B-movie idea delivered with A-movie skill Mm. and... And B-movie Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) B-movie, yeah. Although Matthew's made a few C and D movies this year anyway, so (laughs) maybe maybe Matthew's... um, Maybe Matthew's like Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper, sugar-free Barry Pepper. (laughs) But it worked, and it worked really well. You know, it's like... I'm not putting it up in the Jaws category, but it's the same thing applies. Yeah. Jaws was a B movie made with A movie skills yep. and delivered exactly what you were expecting. Mm-hmm. And Crawl did the same, but it did it in a really tight, confined space and made it tense the whole time. And even though you have to swallow a bit of bullshit... Mm. You enjoyed it. Yeah, swallowed a few helpings of alligator shit on the oh, way. Oh, hey, fuck, I had my mouth open <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed see, Crawl. Good to see Alex Arger back in the yeah. back in the frame here. So. Exactly, because after he... Was he... No, he didn't make Maniac, did he? No. He was involved in it, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he'd, he'd gone off my radar after that little <laughs> shit fest, but this was a real return to form. Yep. And it was such a simple concept, but really, really handled well. Yep. Right. What's your number one? What do you reckon it's going to be? I don't know. What is it going to be? You don't know? Really? <laughs> the Six Underground? John Wick 3. Oh, John Wick 3! Yes! It's been a prick of a year for action films. Yeah, <laughs> aside from that. <laughs> Johnny Wick. Johnny Wick. The first 20 minutes of sitting in John Wick in the cinema was just mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the shit that was going on was like... I mean, the bloody fight with the knives in the museum kind of space, the horses. Like, I was just sitting there going, holy shit, they've, they've just done it again here. They've somehow managed to continue this going, bringing Mark DeCascos in. Yeah. I must say, I didn't love sort of what happened at the end, but I, for all, it, it seems like we're pretty clearly going to get another one. So, yeah. hey, keep them coming. Yeah. Like, and this is what I was like what I was saying about the second one I remember we talked about the second one and me and Gibbo had sort of differing opinions 
because he he thought opening up the world was a little bit stupid whereas I was kind of more I'm like I want to see more of the continental yeah this one opens it way further and sometimes that doesn't kind of work as well as I hope it would but for the for the action sequences and everything they're just exactly how you would hope they would be yeah. and they get you know they get an, a fairly accomplished you know martial artist who's had to you know had to toil for years in some real shit in <laughs> Dukaskos <laughs> and he shows he's a pretty charismatic performer with the right kind of work and the right yeah. role he can be really good and they get uh, I think one of the blokes from the raid is in it from memory as well oh yeah and it's just awesome it's just awesome yeah like, definitely uh, the complete antidote to Michael Bayitis yes and just get yourself take, a shot of John Wick take a couple of these and yeah. call me in the morning um, yeah it's just brilliant I just hope, I can't wait for the next one so. excellent alright that is our best and worst for 2019 happy new year to everybody Keep an eye on the Facebook page to see what we do in the new year. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.